Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman. You will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. All right, you guys, I'm excited about this episode today. It's kind of a special one for me, to be honest. Um, This is episode number 60 inside the podcast. You know, what started a bit over a year ago is kind of a passion project of mine. I started this podcast just to help uh, owners of home service businesses to be able to give them some tips and some advice and strategies to scale their business. Uh, it's now been over a year and this is episode number 60. So I'm surprised there's this much uh, things in my head to share, but uh, I've got more uh, killer episodes coming and you know we've got a whole bunch of downloads in a bunch of different countries. And something that gives me a lot of joy is just getting emails from uh, you guys listening to the show being like, man, this is helping me so much. Um, You know, I just picked up one this morning from a fellow who said he's been listening now for almost a year uh, and it's been helping grow his pressure wash business that he's getting off the ground and he wants to scale it up to 100K this year and at some point wants to hire me as a coach. And I said, that's fantastic. And so if you're listening to this for any semblance of time, I would really love if you could, uh, you know, just just say hello to me on email. It helps kind of fire me up and gives me inspiration um, for topics to make. So just a heads up, uh, my email, direct email is dave at homeservicebusinesscoach.com. I personally check that and you can reach out to me uh, you know, and, and say, hi, tell me a bit about your business. And kind of what inspired this episode was uh, a listener of ours on uh, Instagram actually reached out to me and he said, hey, Dave, what's going on? Uh, love the podcast. He said, if you're looking for content, man, I would love to hear one on how you deal with the competition, right? And I said, my man, I'm going to hook that up for you. And so uh, if you are listening, uh, this one is for you, uh, set listener. I won't say your name, but um, this is what we're going to be discussing on today's uh, episode. So first off, just huge thank you for from me um, tuning into all these episodes. And, you know, there's going to be more to come. And we're going to address today the topic of competition. Okay, so let's dive in. I think the first thing that I want you to know is that you're really in like competition with yourself. Okay. So I want you as you scale this business and I tell my coaching clients this, right? We're measuring success from your business, not in like how perfect is your business because it's never going to be perfect. I can promise you that a a larger business doesn't mean a more perfect business. It just means a larger business. Um, And and so we don't want to really concern ourselves with how perfect our business is. We want to be concerning ourselves with what's the progress, right? And so I always say like measure success of the business based on the progress you've made, not in like how perfect your business is. Okay. So a a, a thing that happens a lot in our industry is someone will say, you know, they'll beat their chest and say, I've been in business for 20 years. And, you know, I'll I'll say, oh, that's great. You know, what's your revenue? I do a hundred grand a year. I've done that, you know, however long I said, okay, well, no disrespect, but 
you know, I've never like really told a person this in, in to their face because it can be a little bit cutting, right? So you just want to be cautious how you say it. But in my head, I'm thinking, you haven't been in business 20 years, man. You've been in business for one year. You've just repeated that same year 20 times over, right? And so when we talk about scaling our businesses, a- another quote that hits you right between the eyes is like, you don't know what you don't know, okay? And I'll say that again, because it's a little bit of a mind warp, a little bit of gymnastics, mental gymnastics. You don't know what you don't know. And so when I look at, you know, when I got my business started, right, I went to Home Depot, I bought a Ryobi power washer for 200 bucks, right? Like kind of a dumb move, right? I wasn't sitting on much money, but I didn't know what I didn't know, right? I didn't know there's a better way to clean a house than to just use a cheap little home, you know, home jobby, Home Depot, pressure washer, right? I didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, Another example, personal example, I ran a painting business for a number of years. We stayed at a very similar revenue level for a few years in a row. I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know I was working so hard in the business all the time. I didn't know I had to work on systematizing the business, right? I didn't pick up the e-myth until 2016. That was only five or six years ago that I've been kind of on this mission to systematize my business. So I didn't know about working on my business. I didn't know about systems. And, you know, if, if I was where you are now getting started with podcasts like these available and coaching programs available and conferences, like there's no excuse for you to not be able to grow your business, I think, quite significantly um, this year and into future years. So just keep that in mind, right? You don't know what you don't know. And, you know, for me, when I was getting this thing going, when I was a little business doing 150 grand a year, what did I do? I got myself around someone who was further ahead because I, I realized that I didn't know what I didn't know, right? And so I drove four or five hours, uh, um, you know, on the highway to go visit a company that was pushing, you know, eight, 900 grand, seven figures kind of thing um, back in the day. And, and so I learned so much from this person. We weren't competitors and now we're good friends. And it's like, you can learn so much from people that are further ahead than you. So just keep that in mind as you continue to scale this business, okay? You don't know what you don't know. But let's segue over and let's actually talk about competition, okay? So you are your own competition. I just need you to know that because I think we get distracted as we grow our business. And, you know, if I'm running a plumbing business, I'm upset that there's, you know, a new plumbing company in town. You know, every week I go to the wholesale store, I see a new company. Or, you know, if I'm a painter, I go into the paint store and I see you know, a new painter uh, every single week, you know, someone's new with a new van. And I'm like, I haven't seen that person before. And so that used to get me, you know, fired up and upset that, you know, look who's coming in the industry trying to take all my business. But it really comes down to like, what is your mindset when it comes to the competition, right? Are you actually, do you actually hold a mindset of like abundance and like, my goodness, there's so much work available or do you actually hold more of a scarcity mindset of like, man, I got to like hoard all these jobs to myself uh, you know, the, like forget all these competitions, I'm going to step on their throat. You know, there's only so much work. And so you got to kind of ask yourself, 
how do you view um, your competition? What is your mindset when it comes to them? And I, so I just wanted to make a pointed episode and kind of share my thoughts and mindset around um, the, the competitors that we share in our local market. All right, so when it comes to competitors in the local market, right, I've actually managed to make friends with a good amount of our competitors. Now I say quote unquote competitors because a lot of them have actually turned into like colleagues and even friends. And so I would encourage you to reach out to your competitors, right? Don't be scared of them. Like we are all trying to do similar things, right? We all want to have this business that, you know, takes great care of clients and is members of the community and is profitable, right? And so I think if you can become friends with your competitors, I actually think it will put you in good stead for the future. And I'm not saying go share your trade secrets or your price books with them, but what I am saying is like, go meet them, see who they are as people, uh, and you never know what will come of it, right? We have had jobs before that we can't get to because we're so busy. We've passed them off to a quote unquote competitor or we've hired a competitor before, right? A, a smaller company owner operator we've hired as a subcontractor before to come in and produce a good sized project for us that we just didn't have the team for, right? And so um, there's been other instances of competitors I've had coffee with that we've actually purchased their business and they have joined us for a season and we've purchased their um, client list from them. So it's like, you never know what can happen. And so it's just my firm philosophy that I think you grow a business by one customer, one relationship at a time. And I think that, you know, it, it's ultimately like not so much being scared of what other people are doing. I think you more need to ask yourself, how are you actually leveling yourself up as a business owner? Because, you know, I've worked with a whole bunch of people now inside my coaching program enough to say that like the one thing that can't get copied is like how strong of a leader you are uh how well you take care of people and ultimately that creates the company culture that your business really stands for right and so you can't have like a core value saying that you are like uh, you can't have a core value say of excellence if like you just kind of you know do an okay average job on stuff like if you're actually going to set the bar that high you need to carry yourself excellently as a leader right you need to be on time or early for meetings you need to be inspiring your team like you can't just say you profess to believe these things if you don't actually walk the talk and actually like live it out okay so i think like it, when you want to talk about competition I think it really starts with the business owner's mindset, right? I, I see myself as in competition, not with our other eight or 10 competitors we have who I know. I see myself as in competition with myself, like every single day of the week. I'm just trying to sharpen the saw and get a little bit better each week. And kind of a pointed example I want to lay out for you here is like, if you do any sort of reading uh, on, a, on a fellow named John Wooden, John Wooden was the head coach at the UCLA basketball team for a number of years. And he was a like one of the best coaches of all time. And he, you know, his team loved him. Uh, the community loved him. He was like one of the most winning coaches. I'm not sure the exact stat, but just like a phenomenal human being and phenomenal coach. So I've read a bunch of John's books. And a, a key thing that I want to leave with you is like, he would actually have his basketball practices laid out on like a little three by five cue card. And he would actually map out 
every single minute of the session and what the team was going to be working on. And like so much so he showed his team exactly how to tie their shoelaces. And like this guy was just ahead of his time with like building out systems and also with how to really care for a team. But the thing that stood out to me as well about uh, John Wooden among many things was he actually didn't care about the other team, right? He regularly like did not talk about what the score is or research and scout other teams or, you know, worry about, um, you know, what the score is or are we winning or what's our record? All he focused on was the fundamentals within his team, which was like, how are we talking to each other on the court? How are we communicating? How are we passing and moving to space? How is our fitness level? Like these were the things he was talking about with his team. And he said, if we do the inputs and the fundamentals correctly, the output, the score, the record, the championships, that will take care of itself. And I thought, what a great thing to say, right? And I think in business, we will look left and right like at competitors before we'll look like straight dead in the mirror at ourselves and be like, how can we get better? And don't get me wrong, I've done it too, right? It's easy to go look at competitors' websites and it's easy to talk about revenue and how we're doing. Like those are all kind of, um, you know, metrics and, and things that are just distractions. And I think we look at them because they're kind of how society keeps score, right? But really, rather than obsessing about revenue, why don't we obsess about the internal guts of our company and how do we hire better so we actually offer clients a way better experience so they refer us more and therefore grow our business like that's just the gymnastic kind of jumpingness level if that's a word that we need to do within our service businesses right we need to get obsessed over the inputs and everything else will follow so i think getting back to the question like when we look at um competition I think we don't want to really be having this scarcity attitude that we have to go out and squash them and and what are they doing and you know look at their brand new Mercedes Sprinter vans and we just have old Astro vans like those things just don't matter right I just don't think the market really cares about how big and shiny and amazing your vehicle is like don't get me wrong the thing can't be falling apart but we've produced multi millions of dollars in pre-owned vehicles whether that's savannah vans astros caravans like it's just i prefer this more scrappy startup model um rather than sinking in tons and tons of money into like oh we we have eighty thousand dollar vans like i just don't really subscribe to that so i think at the end of the day you got to know what do you do amazing and and you know how can you stand out within the market and for my local business we do two or things like way better than competitors do and that's our competitive advantage right that's our strength that's why people hire us and keep coming back to hire us so you just got to be like realistic when you look at your service business and maybe you've been majoring in the minors and the minors is like what is your competitors up to like you should spend all of like three hours a year researching competitors and you know no one's running a monopoly here like you've got other people that are coming into business to try and get uh jobs right that's why you got into the business because you're like wow i can have a go at this and i can tell you guys like home services isn't going anywhere right people know real estate is a pretty safe investment 
and therefore they're parking their money there. And over any stretch of a 10 year period, you're probably more way better, more wise, um, more financially savvy to own a property than to pay rent for 10 years. And so that is just why there's a, there's a, a spotlight on our industry is because people know real estate's valuable. They don't have the time or the know-how how to upkeep their home. And ta-da, there's a demand for home services. And I don't see that going anywhere. So you just got to keep that in mind, like abundant mindset. There's so much work for everybody and you don't know what you don't know. Like just focus on yourself and leveling yourself up. And I can promise you like the rest will fall into place as you continue to grow your business. All right. And even as you like look at what actually makes a service business valuable, like I'll talk about this for a few minutes. Like I could just go on and on with this, but I will boil it down to three things for you that I really believe make a service business valuable, right? No one has like the Coca-Cola recipe here that's super proprietary, right? I'm saying I'm in the window cleaning industry. Can I clean a window like so much better than someone else that I have this secret spray and this secret sauce? Like probably not, right? Like we're all wanting clean glass we go about it in different methods whether we're water fed polar we're scrubber squeegee or whatever it's at the end of the day it's a clean window and so i think it comes down to three things really that in my opinion makes your business special okay number one is how well paying are your clients how loyal are your clients and you know i've i've told you this before is it's extremely easy to stay busy it's extremely hard to stay profitable and so how are we actually creating raving fans that pay us well for our services okay there's two, again problem in the home service industry people are going around pricing like an owner operator pricing like a self-employed individual not actually pricing like a proper enterprising entrepreneur and there's a shift going on right now in the market as property values soar and it's hard to get good people service businesses are like tr like doubling their rates of what they've charged and clients are freaking out but at the end of the day you've got to charge what you got to charge to make a great income yourself as a business owner be profitable and be able to run the business so you know i'm not interested in buying someone's client list if they have 10,000 clients if they're all low paying clients i'm not interested i'd rather have a small book of business with 200 clients that all pay uh, well and they're recurring every year and you know they're they're great to work for like those are the people that it'd be really valuable uh, inside a business so that's number one thing i'd look internally how are you doing with that right are you just collecting average paying clients like someone like me is not going to be interested in in buying that okay second thing that makes you special uh, in my opinion, in the home service spaces, your systems, okay? I spent like three years nonstop getting up early, building systems inside my service business before the workday started. And then, uh, you know, I'd work Saturday mornings as well, systematizing the business for almost three years. It's just, that was my weekly rhythm. And I went ahead and I spent thousands of hours systematizing my home service business. And that's why I'm so stoked on my coaching program is that I think it's a total steal if someone can come in and say, Dave, you've already spent thousands of hours making these systems. I can download them directly to my business. Um, this is a slam dunk. And I think as you grow your business, you're going to see like a $10,000 or a $20,000 investment is absolutely nothing into building out your entire business, right? Franchises sell for $100,000 plus a royalty fee till you die. Um, that is just like, I, I think that that is what it is, but it obviously shows there's value in what's being provided. And so 
I made a whole nother episode on this, but I don't want to get too down the rabbit trail, but it's my opinion that home service franchises are, are not going to keep improving. I think they'll keep going, but I think the new way of business is actually hiring a consultant like me coming in your business, helping you out for a year or two, and then sending you on your way and you still own the whole business and there's no royalties. And so that's what I really think the, the future of this thing is as you continue to grow, as you continue to scale. So that's kind of your second thing that I would want to be thinking about is how are you getting premium clients um, super important into your business? And then number two, like how are you actually making systems? Like if I got on a plane today, I would want to see uh, I would want to, I would want to show up to your office or your home and you say, Hey, here's our operations binder. Here's our marketing binder. Here's our sales binder. Like for us in my business, we have a Google drive, right? We've got a marketing Google drive. We've got a production Google drive. We've got an office one and we have all our systems inside there so that we can hire someone and that team member can pull systems from that. And that makes the company valuable. So it's like, your clients you've got that's valuable you've got your um systems that you should have created and, and there's a lot of them and that's valuable and the last thing i think that really makes you valuable that is the most hardest to replicate like i said is the culture okay it's the team that you have operating your business i've been at this for years now building out this internal team of rock stars that can operate the business that are career minded that are sticking around long term um, that you can't just you know wave a wand and it shows up tada overnight right people want to work for where they see a future and they want to join a cause a movement a mission that's bigger than themselves and so that's what i'd be thinking is like something that i believe our competitors can't replicate is the culture is the people is how much they care like that can't be replicated or pulled outside of the business and i think that is something as well that makes it extremely valuable uh to to when you look at a service business and when service businesses sell um when it's more than just the owner the the actual buyer wants to come and meet the people in your company right and see how do these people operate their lives? What are their core values, right? How does the how does the team actually operate on a day-to-day -day basis? Culture is something like you can't bottle up and buy for a thousand dollars on Amazon, right? It's just something you have to create. And I think that again comes at the heart of like what kind of a leader are you being? Uh, what kind of a boss are you? And like, because you literally your business is just a mirror shining back at you, right? So if you're a cheap SOB and you rip people off and you're not very visionary, you're going to be the guy on Facebook saying no good young people want to work, blah, 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 blah. If you're the other person that like gives to charity, you pay your people more than you need to, you take care of them, you truly care about yourself, your business, your brand. That's the person that's like, wow, we're actually attracting great people. While I can be realistic and recognize less people are coming into trades, I'm still able to create a great employer brand that's attracting people because they see a future. So it's just like two ways of seeing things, right? It's like um, it's like that age old kind of story where you know two young boys hear a dog bark right and and you know say they're they're 15 years old we'll say they're teenagers they hear the dog bark right the first guy hears the dog bark and he like books it 100 yards down the street right he's freaked out because his story uh, i'll tell you about his framework in a second right the dog barks for the second guy and he actually goes running to the dog right 
And so it's two different frameworks that these two 15 year old kids are actually reading. The first guy, like I was saying, he's had a bad experience as a kid. Maybe he got bit once by a dog or attacked. He hears a dog bite in his brain. He runs, right? Fight or flight. He's flighting. He's not going to fight. He's freaking out. He's running away 100 yards the other direction. The other guy had a dog growing up, a family dog, right? For 10 years loves dogs he hears a dog bark he runs to the dog of like oh awesome there's a dog and it's like that's the same thing in how you view your business it's just what is your framework when it comes to hiring great people are you down in the dumps head down this sucks or is your attitude actually positive right and something i'll pull out of my playbook that my dad gave me um, back in the day he always told me right your attitude will determine your altitude and so you know, how high you fly, how far you go comes right back to your attitude. And that's something that I always try to keep core and central in my life is having a positive outlook when it comes to life and like literally believing that the best is yet to come. I just think it's super important. So I think I'll, I'll land the plane there, guys. I could go on for hours and hours with this topic. I love it. And I want to thank our listener for really submitting this question to me. And again, guys, reach out to me via email or social media. Let me know how this is helping and how it's landing. And I think ultimately you just got to keep in mind as you grow what makes your service business valuable and how do you stand out from the competition? Because there's going to be more people coming into your market that that's not going to change. Home services is not going anywhere. I think you got to be realistic. Look yourself in the mirror and say, number one, what kind of leader, what kind of business owner am I? Am I attracting great people and great clients to my team? Am I building out a community here? Um, how is this thing bigger than just myself, the business owner? And then, you know, how am I going to handle competition? I'm not going to talk down about them. I'm going to be friends with them. I'm going to set the tone for how I want to grow this business. And you got to keep in mind, guys, people do business with who they know, like, and trust. And so it's been my strategy with my painting businesses, with my washing business, Christmas light business, and with my coaching business. It's the, the game is one, one relationship at a time. And so with coaching, I don't spend money on paid ads because I don't believe in it. I believe in making relationships with people one at a time, helping them grow their business, bringing them in. And it's this law of reciprocity, right? You don't think for one second, if I help someone double or triple their business in a year or two, can I not have the authority to go ask them to say, hey, buddy, do you mind giving me like a two minute video testimonial just to tell me how this coaching program has helped you? Like, and that's where it gets amazing, right? And so you got to be relational. And I think if your business is stuck, I might ask yourself, like, how likable of a person are you actually, right? And, and ask your friends and family that and they'll be honest with you. For me, I had to read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People to actually learn about how human psychology works and how I need to behave as a business owner if I'm going to create a community and have people follow me um, as a leader. So I want to land the plane there, guys. Uh, I appreciate you. I hope this brought some insights into how you approach your business with your mindset, how you view your competition. Uh, and I just really appreciate you guys listening. This has been such a fun project for me. I've got more great episodes coming in the pipeline. Um, and I appreciate you listening. And to those of you too, you know, feel free to share this with a friend, like heck, even share it with a competitor you have. And just be like, how can we support each other as we each grow our own separate businesses, right? Um, it's, it's an amazing life, guys, we get to live. 
Um, you've already won the game, in my opinion, if you get to wake up every day and do what you love to do and grow your business. Um, the, the world's an amazing place. And that's just my mindset um, when it comes towards growing this business. So I wish you guys well. Um, God bless you this next week. It's Dave Mormon, Home Service Business Coach, signing off. Thank you so much for the support. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.